everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's teaching. I'm Pastor Bobby, and we're continuing our look at Paul's letter to the Philippians. And in the section of the letter we're reading today, the words just drip with affection and encouragement from Paul to his dear friends in Philippi. Let me read these verses for you, starting in verse 3 of Philippians chapter 1. Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. To really understand Paul's joyful thanksgiving, Let's look back at what we know about his relationship with the Philippians. And we find that in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas arrive in Philippi. They find a group of Jews meeting and praying together down on the riverbank. And much like the situation we're in currently, they didn't have a building. They didn't have much of any organizational trappings or direction. They were meeting together worshiping together, praying together. They began, Paul and Silas, to speak to the women who were there. And this one named Lydia responded in faith in Jesus Christ. And with her entire household, Lydia is baptized. She then invited Paul and Silas back to her home to stay with her family. Sometime later, we read that Paul and Silas got into some troubles. They had cast out a demon from a little girl, and uh, it just caused a lot of uh, chaos in the city. And they are beaten. They are thrown into jail. And God sent an earthquake. The jailer was ready to kill himself because all of the doors opened and He thought all of the prisoners had escaped, and Paul jumps up and says, hey, we're all still here. He shared the message of Jesus with this jailer. This jailer responded in faith. Then he tended to Paul and Silas's wounds. They baptize him. They baptize his whole household. The jailer took them back to his home. He fed them. And then the next day, Paul and Silas are cleared by the authorities of all the charges. They are released and they return to Lydia's house for worship and encouragement before leaving town. Wow, right? (laughs) What, What an experience in Philippi. So it's not hard after reading that and listening to that 
to see why Paul is really thankful for his relationship with these Philippian believers. And it gives context to his words here in chapter 1. He witnessed firsthand the transformation God worked in them. And he's confident that God will continue maturing them, that God will continue the work that he had started in them. Paul experienced and continued to experience their support of his ministry, first through hospitality and care while he and Silas were there in Philippi, and then after they left uh, and continued on in their missionary journeys, and even now as Paul is in chains, he experienced their support through financial giving. And then lastly, Paul's friendship with them was built on the gospel. They shared in the power of the gospel. They participated together in its ministry. As I was preparing this week, I was really moved to give thanks to God for you, for our church. I was deeply encouraged as I realized that This kind of partnership that we're reading about here in Philippians 1, this kind of relationship that Paul had with these folks, that's true here in our church. We have shared in the power of the gospel. I mean, just in the last few weeks, I've talked to folks about the work the Spirit is doing in their lives through our Soma Northwest community. I've had the privilege of witnessing the power of God overcoming addictions, healing wounds, meeting needs, strengthening faith in our church. And it's not just within our midst, but during this pandemic, we've come together to be a blessing to our city, to give money, to deliver meals, to listen, to speak out against injustice, to share the gospel with friends and neighbors. This is the power of God at work in and through us. And as we talked about last week, the grace and peace that we have received from God, we turn and give it to each other and to those in this world. But let's be honest. This is not easy work. This transformation that God has started in our lives, that we are confident he will continue in our lives, is not without its hard work on our part. Our sinfulness fights against it. The world resists it. The devil opposes us. But we can say with Paul that we're confident of this, that God will continue to work in and through us, that he will bring to completion what he has started in and through us. So, folks, let's not grow weary or lose heart, but let's continue to lean into the power of Jesus Christ. Let me share a couple of thoughts on Paul's prayer in verses 9 through 11. Let me read this prayer again. Paul prays that your love may abound more and more 
in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's very simple. Paul wanted these dear friends to experience a growing love for each other. And this is a love that's not a theoretical love, an abstract love, an idea of love. But the love that Paul is praying for, the love that he wants his friends to experience, is a real, tangible love made manifest in their relationships with each other. And Paul prayed that this love will express itself in knowing what is true and living in light of that truth. We've said it before and we'll continue to say it. Either our understanding and perception of God, of ourselves, of this world, is being shaped by God, or it's being shaped by this world. There is no middle ground. And what's shaping our understanding will, without exception, direct the way that we live. It will come out in the way that we live, the way that we treat each other, the way that we relate to each other, the way that we make decisions, the way that we enter in to the dark places of this world. God wants us, in the words of Paul, to discern what is best and to live pure and blameless. Listen, we can't love each other if we're simply being carried off by the latest outrage of our culture. We can't love each other if we're responding to evil and injustice, real evil and real injustice, by just grasping power for ourselves. We can't love each other by only looking out for our own interests and what's good for us and not what's best for others. That's the way of the world. That's not the way of love. It's not the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus. I want to encourage you. The way our church has responded to this moment of global pandemic and racial injustice has been glorifying to God. Listen, I know we're not perfect. I know that we have our flaws and we have a long way to go in maturity. But individually and collectively, we've rejected the divisiveness of this moment and we've pursued unity. We've laid our lives down for one another and served one another. I mean, that is something that is real. That is something that is true. We've cried with one another. We've carried each other's burdens. And you know why? You know why that has been evident and, and that has been real in our church community? Because the truth of God has gotten into us. So let's be encouraged and let's press on that we are doing the work. We are available. We are making ourselves available to the continued work of God in and through us. And so let's commit to that truth. Let's be people who pursue unity, who pursue faithfulness, who pursue love, 
rooted in the truth and power of God. Those are the themes of this letter from Paul to the Philippians. And I can't think of anything better for these times that we're living in today. Peace be with you this week. 